0: Thank okay, okay, you. Okay, okay. Hello there, welcome to another episode of The Godfather Part 2 Minute. With me, Alex Robinson. And with me, Andy Robinson. We are the Godfather Minute Brothers. And uh, today we are talking about Minute 142. I lost track of where we were. That's right, Alex. (laughs) Uh, Minute 142, yeah. Yeah, please repeat after me. Okay. Okay. I, I Alex, Robinson, Alex Robinson, will study my Italian numbers. Will study my <laughs> Italian numbers. And never get one wrong again. And never get one wrong again. I know a couple of Italian numbers I'd like to study more. Okay, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> You know, one of the things I always wished I could do better, these yeah. little, little soft skills, yeah. is do that whistle that where you, you put it, your fingers in your mouth and you do that. Oh, your loud one? Kind of, this is like rounding up people. Yeah. You know how to do it, right? Yeah. I can do it without my hand. I just do, okay, my, do just it out. do it away from the mic right. so you don't blast this out. Go ahead. Hey, get off the roof. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Perfect. How yeah. do you do that? I, it's, I, incre- it's It's awesome. I specifically remember the first time I was able to do it. Wow! We went to a rodeo. What? <laughs> I don't know if you ever remember. We went to a rodeo when no. we were kids. Ah. It's like our stepfather Tom was probably, he's a more country and western type of guy. So he yeah. took us. It was like a rodeo in Westchester where we lived. And Excellent. that was the first time I remember. And it's ironic because now I hate rodeos. But That was the first time I learned to whistle in like approval of. Uh, of <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> Did you learn it because other people were whistling there, or I are you don't just know. outside and playing around? I, mean, I never went to many sporting events <laughs> as a kid, so it uh-huh. might have just been like a, a time where I was able to, you know, it was it's permissible to do that in company as opposed to just, you know, I love it doing your <laughs> standing around. Yeah, it's uh it's one of those little things. You're right. When you you're, you you kind of take these things for granted. Oh, tip uh, fantastic. But if if I I worked as a high school vice principal for 15 years. I, I could have used that every day of my life. I love it. Maybe it's the same thing with not how you couldn't roll your R's and you had to train yeah, yeah. yourself. Yeah, I probably to, can uh, learn to, to do it. Yeah. I don't think I want to learn to do it, but I wish yeah, I could just snap the, my fingers and have that skill. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, not the skill of snapping my fingers. I can do that. <laughs> I wish I could, you know. Yeah. I noticed you didn't do it, though. You just said, oh, yeah, I could do yeah, it. And you didn't actually. You know, sh- I, You know what? I'm, I'm not going to lower myself and have to prove that I know how to snap my fingers. All right, Alex? <laughs> You know what we'll do in the bonus content. So if you're oh. if you're not a, a financial supporter of the podcast, go to Godfather, godfatherminute.com slash support, and you will hear me snap. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure. You sure you want to say that? All right, well, let's see what happens. Yeah, you can always edit this part out. You know that if this part's in it, you did it, because otherwise you would have edited the, the, the tease out. Or I would have downloaded a snap... Uh, I'm uh, going to call overdubler if you do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's talk anyway, about The Godfather for a Alex, few minutes. repeat after me. A e minuto. A e minuto. Numero. Numero. Cento quaranta due. Cento quaranta due. You got it. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm never going to not study my Italian numbers again. <laughs> okay, repeat after me. <laughs> Give us the summary oh hey before I know why we've already been yapping a lot for no Godfather content but I know we always do our plugs at the end of the show when the Patriots yeah, are the only ones listening so let's just take a second here to each plug some of our stuff you okay. go first I'm gonna go you know what I'm going to respectfully ask people to Google the Underdog Night Soldiers. That's my band. You can hear all our songs released and we're we're working on more. Like I said last time, I got a Bitcoin song that's going to drop soon. It's very catchy. Okay. People should invest in that song now. That's right. (laughs) What are you working on? Uh, Well, I always have a lot of irons in the fire, podcasting, drawing, and whatnot, but you can just go to my website, alexrobinson.fun, where you'll find links to my graphic novels, to my merch store, to the various podcasts I do, and so on. Yeah, and a little teaser, too. Alex Hmm. is uh, now exploring writing, doing some songwriting with me. He's going to be the lyrics, I'll be the music. I'll be the Bernie Toppin to your Elton John. Perfect. All right. All right. (laughs) We got a late start, but that doesn't mean we can't go far. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, Well, here's a little summary of Minute 142 of The Godfather Part 2. We join the testimony of Michael Corleone before the Senate subcommittee investigating organized crime already in progress. Corleone now testifies that his father, Vito, was born in Sicily and, yes, was called the Godfather, but it's not what you think. Suddenly, and without warning, Senator Bat Geary, Democrat, Nevada, speaks up to verify, that Mr. to verify what Mr. Corleone says. He then mysteriously leaves the panel, but not before proclaiming the Italian-Americans as hardworking and law-abiding and certainly don't have pictures of a certain politician with a murdered sex worker. I assure you, he added, she was laughing. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Awesome. Wow. Quite a turnaround, Senator Geary what well yeah should we get to that part first the his yeah, sure why does he leave well he probably has he probably has another engagement but I mean like isn't the whole point of having a politician in your pocket that they'll uh, do this kind of work for you like refusing himself seems like defying the whole point you know Maybe he's uh, You're maybe, on the clock dude. <laughs> maybe there's another crime boss that he's has even more incriminating photos of him than <laughs> he's got to get to his <laughs> next door there's a whole another senate inquiry uh, another senate panel Tatalia Tattalia or uh, oh it must be Tattalia next door right? Oh, you mean Barzini. Oh, Barzini. <laughs> <laughs> well, my time travel thing for this week was going to be is that Originally, Geary like ran defense for Michael Corleone and really tried to protect him, but then that mm. ca- caused so much attention that. Their relationship got Aww. exposed, and yeah. both of them both of them went to jail. And then, yeah. so Michael Corleone sent someone back to stop Geary from interfering in the Aww. Senate thing. So that's why he got like a memo and it said like leave immediately. So he's just like, I have another committee I have to go to, oh, and nice. yeah, he walked out. And so wow. like, oh, wow, we, sa- we saved it. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, we have totally turned this this episode on its head. That that's the, the time travels when we do in the bonus section. <laughs> Right? it's true yeah time travel uh, plugs yeah. so let's rate it <laughs> <laughs> all right so zero is the highest and ten <laughs> is the oh, lowest oh no <laughs> yeah so anyway yeah that's fun it is uh, i never it, it was always odd seeing every time i see this movie that Geary does he excuses himself he doesn't recuse himself right but either way he's yeah he's, put your he's out of there maybe he doesn't want to risk being there he wants to have the last word of his statement if he st- if he says there then maybe can someone might bring up his cozy relationship with the Corleone with the defendant so do you think that this was already discussed did Tom Hagen talk to Senator talk to Senator Geary <laughs> yeah. and say listen Recute, you know. Excuse yourself. You're not gonna. You're not gonna testify today. Maybe, not now. Maybe. maybe ten years from now. Oh. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. You, uh, Senator s- Geary, I wrote this statement for you. I want you to read it verbatim and then politely excuse yourself. You then you're gonna go next door. <laughs> We're gonna have you clean up. We have a, a dead prostitute there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't imagine you doing it without their permission. Yeah, no. It just doesn't seem... Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they they met... They, they're they not good with, with yeah. this statement. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of... He, he really rubs it in his... <laughs> they, they really rub it in Senator Geary's face by having him talk about the the hardworking Italian people. <laughs> they're loyal and... <laughs> yeah. Do you think that was something that they said, oh, while you're off there, why don't you uh, talk about how... How great the, the greasy Italian people are, and how much you love having them as your constituents. Yeah, really mean a lot to yeah. me And he's just like, oh, not only not, not only told them <laughs> that. I think they insisted. <laughs> <laughs> so, but. Did Senator Geary take that as a "oh, you got me"? Or at this point, is it just like "sure, I don't care"? Well, you know, say whatever you want. Let's go down to Cuba and and see Yolanda again. Like, just, I mean, the further, especially after those last scenes in Cuba, I'm just getting the impression Geary is living the high life and a crooked, the highest bidder is, politician. Yeah, just not really. Does not have values or only values money. Having sex and having a good time yeah. and keeping his position. Good, t- having a good time all, all of the time. time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, actually, that brings me to uh, this is another uh, thing we maybe do later in the show. But uh, who is the real Andy Robinson? <laughs> Robinson, uh, would you ever attempt to bribe a politician? Oh, like follow up. Me as me, who yeah. I am right now. Yeah. I mean, there's really no reason for me to do that. Unless it was some like, oh, you needed a building permit or. Or conversely, someone was like, "Oh, you know what? This thing is enough to code." And you're like, "Well, why don't we yeah. just settle it right here?" And, ah. and I don't think it counts as a government uh, official yeah. or know, not. I think if, if it were, if it was harmless yeah. and it was just a way to cut through the bureaucracy, I right. might. Yeah, I might. And so, saying that's follow up question is, if you could have a politician in your pocket, oh yeah, what type of politician would you want? Oh yeah, because you can great. say president, but. How often is that really going to benefit you in your regular yeah. day-to-day life unless yeah. you commit a federal crime and you need to be pardoned? <laughs> I it, it, know, may not, it may not immediately affect you unless you wanted a good job, ambassadorship to Spain Oh, yeah, or that's something. true. That I guess if, you're, sweet. if they're really in your pocket, yeah, yeah. you could totally yeah. like, get invited to the White House and impress your friends and things yeah. like that. Unless so, you wanted to do things that weren't, not necessarily for you personally, but you could direct policy. Yeah, You could say, you know, you know, Mr. Pre- Mr. President <laughs> I think it's about time you sent more uh, More humanitarian aid to Ecuador, don't you think? <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, sure <laughs> What, sure, oh, what president, president is that? Ah. <laughs> That's a great, I mean, this is the 30s, right? <laughs> <laughs> president Who was 30. president in uh, 19... We're going to be talking about the Great Depression oh. When I get to the book Mostly Franklin Delano Roosevelt Oh, that's right. Leading up to World War II, he was yes, president. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Some would argue the only reason we got out of World War II was because of, we got out of the Depression was because of World War II.
1: Oh, yeah. Like
0: the, the industry that was yeah. generated by that mm-hmm, war put right. people back to work. And the really Corleones made a lot of money during World War II. I'm <laughs> going to talk about that in the book. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and don't forget that was just, like when the story starts, that was literally right after World War II. Yeah. So. Oh, so, uh, yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, not, yeah. That, not that long ago. How about you? Would you pay a politician? And who would you pay? I'm wondering if like a more local thing would be. I don't know, you're right. President's got to be the best one. Well, uh, probably. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like you said, assuming, why wouldn't you want to be able to influence what the president does? It seems like such a, I mean, obviously the limited, it's not like a oh, dictator yeah. where you can just do whatever you want. There's certain, yeah. you, well, sometimes there's checks and balances in place to keep people in their lanes and mm-hmm. stuff but uh, I guess it is present because they could probably pull a whole sorts of strings yeah you know they control the FBI they control mm-hmm. you know yeah that's true so yeah. You want to Most investigate someone, you want someone deported? You say, Hey, you know what's oh. in the FBI. Oh yeah, they're a terrorist. You gotta have out. Oh, even out. American citizens, you start deporting your friends as a joke. As <laughs> <It's> a joke. <laughs> send home <laughs> security. look at his face. Look at his face. <laughs> when, <laughs> when he's stuck at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> look at look at his mugshot. Look at his mugshot. I came back to get my to get my ballot. <laughs> I would do that to all my friends just to get them into the position where they're being interviewed in an airport, completely broke, being arrested by Homeland Security. And <laughs> so like shooting him, you just come up and go, look at this. Man. He's like, he fell for it. He fell for it. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, and if I did have the president in my pocket, I would have you uh, named as ambassador to either Poland Poland, Yeah, because yeah. we're half Polish. Yeah. No, I'm not interested. Well, let's see what your other one was. Okay. I think I'm a little bit more, like, a weather-wise, offer. a little bit nicer. Oh, you what's know? about, about the weather? Okay. Yeah. Partially, um, at least. Okay, these are my three offers. No offense to the Polish people. I, they are hard-working people <laughs> <laughs> who have great, hard-working <laughs> skills. I love, right. I've love. been to Poland, and it was fantastic. <laughs> All right, these are my three offers. Okay, My three offers. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you can't refuse... Can't okay, Alright, Poland I like the idea that John Corleone would offer like three choices Three choices <laughs> Okay, I'll take one off the table And then you get to switch which one you picked? I've got two pieces of paper One in each palm <laughs> Each one says your destiny Which do you choose? Alright, you get Poland Yeah Canada Or Norway Ugh. I guess Canada Yeah it's close to the U.S. <laughs> I mean, well, you don't want this gig. No, but no, it's not that I don't want it. But it's just like you know, out of the countries that are—they're all like yeah. cold, icy countries. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, okay. So that's why I'm kind of like in Canada. At least, um, you know, we we barely live four hours from Canada, so so it's not that far away. So, uh. well, and the weather doesn't matter because you have to do the work. You're gonna be in an office all day. <laughs> It's what I have assistants for? They, they you enjoy. picked Canada. Look at the space. Look at the space. <laughs> I love I love poutine and maple syrup. <laughs> but syrup. you'd be stationed in Newfoundland. Hmm. Right. Yeah. That reminds me for some reason. Uh, do you know the show Tacoma FD? Yeah. It's they have a new season out oh. and uh, there. There's an episode where they do a parody of The Godfather. The uh, spray with the insecticide. Uh, oh, so, excellent! Uh, I people. Oh. I encourage people to uh, to. Uh, to, to yeah. check it out, let me tell you, the godfather is everywhere. Oh, yeah, it's. I was watching Bill Maher uh, a week or two ago, uh-huh. and in one episode, he did two godfather quote, quotes. Wow, that's crazy! Yeah, and one of them was uh, yeah, he didn't say it but he said it was Iran. He said we thought it was uh, uh Hamas, but it was Iran all along <laughs> talking about the Israeli wow. godfather. That's a, that's a fairly deep cut godfather. Yeah. I mean, he's quote. definitely a cinema yeah, that's true. But, uh, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, very cool. I'm sure someone on YouTube has done a super cut of of Godfather oh, references. Yeah. And other, I mean, the Simpsons alone has tons of yeah, tons yeah. of uh, tons of stuff. What else you got for the minute before I delve into the book? I got a lot of stuff from the book. Well, uh, I'll make this quick. Then uh, Nevada and the Italians. He says mm. it's his gr- a growing constituency. Oh, yeah, in his, that surprised um, me. And as of 2020. The Nevada had one hundred and thirty two thousand five hundred and fifteen Italian Italian Americans living there, roughly six point six percent of the population. One hundred and thirty two thousand? One hundred and thirty-two thousand oh. um, people in Nevada. Yeah. Italian Americans. Italians right? uh, Italians and Italian Americans. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but which state do you think has the highest percentage of Italians? Percentage, percentage of all of the people. Yeah, yeah what percentage state? of yeah. the population is Italian? Well, it's tempting to say New York, but New York is so populous. Mm, so I'm, I I'm, I'm gonna. I think it's a trick question. So let's see. Yeah. Uh, let me go with the He's, second. I'm not that clever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe even let me think. Florida. Oh, New Jersey. New Jersey, you think is the highest by percentage? I think New Jersey is the highest by percentage. New Jersey is actually the third. Ah, okay. Mm. New Jersey has one point five million Italians whoa, so ten times as many as in Nevada, yeah, yeah. and what's the percentage uh and seventeen point nine percent It's only the third it's most the third what am I missing here Florida Florida is not in now. the top I wrote down basically the top four, yeah it's it's semi a trick question because you're gonna go oh, oh yeah it's gonna be some small state with a big enclave you got it. It. <laughs> what can it but what can it be i can't is it it's not boston or not it's not massachusetts is it east coast virginia think about where all those italians would have moved from boston and new york if as they spread out to the suburbs where would they go uh, Oh, Connecticut, Connecticut, number two. Really? Rhode Island, number one. What? by percentage? By percentage? Oh, by percentage. Yeah, uh, no. Rhode Island is nineteen percent uh, Italian, oh, okay. which is only one hundred ninety-nine thousand. So just yeah, barely over yeah. Nevada's. Uh, wow. Connecticut has 630. hundred third. They're second place, eighteen percent, mm. with six hundred and thirty-four thousand. So you can already see that the yeah, percentage discrepancy. Yeah. New York City, New York State, fourteen uh, percent Italian. Yeah. 2.7 million of oh, them yeah. were there but New York's a very populous state so yeah um, yeah, interesting so, yeah I thought that was kind oh, of interesting awesome. yeah very cool and uh, okay so let's go to the book yeah then before we get to the book The reason the, What I have in the book This minute does Has nothing to do With this trial <laughs> Of the Senate committee Okay uh, But it's a holdover From stuff from the flashback About the rise Of the Corleone family Okay So I figured this was A good time to catch up Catch up With yeah. it Yeah And this is the last segment Of the flashbacks At least in this Part of the book Okay Alex the book Is different than The movie the book is different than the movie. The book is different than the movie. The book is different. The book is different. The book is different than the movie. Yeah. So catchy. I dance to that song every time. <laughs> it is catchy. I found myself singing it uh, (laughs) as I'm walking down the street. Alex, page 213, Puzo writes, The Great Depression increased the power of Vito Corleone. And indeed, it was about that time he came to be called Don Corleone. Oh, he changed his name to Don. Yeah. (laughs) That's interesting. Before that. And when the Great Depression was 1929, right? 1929. Okay. 1929. Some interesting tidbits. He had several people employed. So when the Depression hit, he'd roughly been the godfather for a decade by then. Yes, that's right. And he employed many people in the neighborhood, doing all kinds of jobs for him. putzo writes, And when an employee of his was arrested and sent to prison by some mischance, that unfortunate man's family received a living allowance and not a miserly, beggarly, begrudging pittance, but the same amount the man earned when free. And this was significant in the Depression. Sure, yeah. I need any, uh, he's a job creator. Yeah. This, of course, was not pure Christian charity. Not his best friends would have called Don Corleone a saint from heaven. There was some self-interest in this generosity. An employee sent to prison knew he had only to keep his mouth shut and his wife and children would be cared for. Yeah. It's, it is interesting how Puto wrote that even his friends wouldn't say he was a saint from heaven. Yeah. I guess they're... Even though his title is Godfather. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. It's ironic. Uh, <laughs> the poor people of the neighborhood constantly came to him for help. This is interesting. Puzza writes, Don Vito helped them all. Not only that, he helped them with goodwill, with encouraging words to take the bitter sting Aww. out of the charity he gave them. What's the matter with you? You look terrible. <laughs> you look terrible. <laughs> Do he spend time with the your family? You're afraid of... Yeah. It was only natural then that when these Italians were puzzled and confused on who to vote for to represent them in the state legislature, in the city offices, in the Congress, they should ask the advice of their friend Don Corleone, their godfather. He's very smart. Yeah, and so he became a political power to be consulted by practical party chiefs. He consolidated this power with a far-seeing statesman-like intelligence by helping brilliant boys from poor Italian families through college boys who would later become lawyers assistant DAs and even judges he planned for the future of his empire with all the foresight of a great national leader i thought that was interesting because in gf1 you hear about his political influence uh, all the judges you have in your pocket yeah and i always assumed he was just paying people off but it it seems he went even further he groomed young people from the neighborhood to get into to to kind of become the yeah very good, smart, smart. Smart. Very forward. His father's a great man. Yeah. <laughs> Not a saint. <laughs> but, you know, he is. Yeah. Power. A lot of people love the power of. Uh... Anyway. This is interesting. Puzza writes The repeal of prohibition dealt his empire a crippling blow, but again, he had taken his precautions. In 1930, this is an interesting story. In 1933, he went to a crime boss that controlled all the gambling in Manhattan. I ran all the poker games. This man's name? Mo Green. (laughs) And that's not even a statue. (laughs) This man's name was Salvatore Maranzano. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. You remember this? I do remember this. And he was one of the acknowledged Novante 90 calibers or big shots in the New York underworld. Long story short, I'm summarizing now. I'm not reading. Maranzano... uh, Don Corleone went to him and said I want to make you an offer I want to go and have these on this gambling thing because up to now he didn't do any he wasn't yeah. involved in gambling well, he was saving that for last <laughs> <laughs> and Maranzano said no no thank you um, and Al Capone was Maranzano's friend and, uh, and Al Capone of course had his own men he was big in Chicago and so he um, they had to figure this out. What is Don Corleone going to do? You can't just approach someone, make him an offer, and let him refuse. Yeah. You can't let him refuse. Yeah. I can't say, I'm going to make an, make an offer that you could refuse. You might refuse. Might refuse. <laughs> You're afraid of refu- a... It's none of my business if you refuse, of course. <laughs> and Maranzano's refusal touched off the Great War of 1933, which was to Flash! change the... Great pump. War breaks out <laughs> in <laughs> streets of Manhattan extra extra Maranzano says no it's Corleone's offer (laughs) despite having ties to to Capone Corleone keeps up the pressure (laughs) and so this would change the whole structure of the underworld in New York City at first glance it was an uneven match because Salvatore Maranzano had had connections in government friendship with Capone a really strong organization but you know what Don Corleone had Alex? Olive oil. (laughs) Olive oil in the trucks and barrels (laughs) provided by his father. (laughs) According to Puzo, he was smarter, and he outmaneuvered this guy. Uh, For example, Maranzano sent a call to Capone for his two best gunmen to come to New York from Chicago to eliminate Corleone. Uh Uh-oh. However, the Corleone had friends and intelligence in Chicago who gave them the news in advance and told them what train they'd be arriving on, and uh, who do you think met them at the train station? Alex Mo Green, <laughs> and that's not even Fredo. Who's <laughs> Alfredo? <laughs> was no, it wasn't Fredo. <laughs> who would you send if I was done for early on the best two best hitmen coming from Chicago? I would probably either send Clemenza or, uh, assuming he wasn't brain damaged by that point, Luca Brazzi. Luca Brazzi. <laughs> yes. You got it too. And Luca Brazzi captured them at the train station, put them in a car, drove them to a warehouse. And check this out Puzzo writes Then, Bra- so they were, the two Capone men were bound hand and foot, and small bath towels were stuffed into their mouths to keep them from crying out. Aww. Then Brazzi took an axe from its place against the wall and started hacking at one of the Capone men. Oh, man. He chopped the man's feet off. Then the legs at the knees Then the thighs where they joined the torso Brazi was an extremely powerful man But it took him many swings to accomplish this purpose this is where it gets This is where it gets gross <laughs> <laughs> By that time, of course, the victim had, had given up the ghost <laughs> Love that phrase And the floor of the warehouse was slippery With the hacked fragments of his flesh And the gouting of his blood when Brazzi turned to his second victim he found further effort unnecessary the second capone gunman out of sheer terror had impossibly swallowed the bath towel in his mouth <laughs> and suffocated <laughs> wow And not only that, Alex Puzzo writes, the bath towel was found in the man's stomach when the police performed their autopsy to to determine the cause of death. Believe Believe it or not. not. (laughs) Isn't that great? Wow. Now you gotta wonder. Yeah. Is that something that really happened or is that a story that circulated to bolster the terror of of Bratzky's reputation? Theoretically, the only witness would have been Luca Bratzky. The paywall is a fallen. The paywallin's a fallen. See it's Friendly a song I'm writing for fallin'. you. Don't call callin'. <laughs> You're natural. Yeah, let's do it. Come on. How did they get wait, to the Wait bonus? did you just do some snaps in that little song thing? <laughs> <laughs> we gotta save that for the Patreons! Oh no! <laughs> anyway, well, if you wanna hear Andy snap again, <laughs> go to slash support. You'll get to hear more snapping and also uh, more stuff about our rating for the episode and a lot more stuff. This was, a, this was an action packed episode. Oh, there was a lot this particular show!